Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Casey, and we are back with week two of our Sermon Talk Back podcast. This week at church, we uh, covered Luke chapter one, verses one through four, and I preached through this looking at those verses, but also just looking at uh, a wider intro to the Gospels uh, in general and the Gospel of Luke in particular. And so we actually got four good questions this week, and so I'm going to try to hit uh, one or two of those now, and then I will come back uh, at another time in the week and hit uh, the other questions that came in. But I want to start with one question here that came in, and this one refers to something that I said regarding the order in which the Gospels were written. And so this question says this. It says, you said the order of the synoptic Gospels, you believe, is Matthew, Luke, then Mark. I've heard other theologians who preach the true Gospel say the order is Matthew, Mark, Luke, or even Mark, Matthew, Luke. And then he asks this, uh, is there any significance to the order of authorship of the Gospels as it relates to their intrinsic reliability? What are your reasons for choosing that specific order or for not choosing others? So a lot in that question and a lot to get to here. Uh, this question began by saying, referring to what I believe to possibly be the order of the synoptic gospels. And so that term synoptic gospels, if you're not familiar with that, is a term that we use to refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it comes from two different Greek words put uh, combined together. One is the word syn or soon, which we see in words like synergy, uh, that type of thing. It means something that is together or with something else. And then optic uh, referring to seeing. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to these three Gospels that see things together. And we talked about this on Sunday, how Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of the same stories, sometimes down to the same uh, specific wording, whereas John is its own different thing. So with these three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what is the significance of the order in which they were written? Does it matter? And why should we favor one order against another. And so, uh, traditionally, the order of the Gospels is seen as the order in which they're in our New Testament, that Matthew wrote first, and then Mark, and then Luke, and then John, though we're not going to talk about John, uh, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke in that order. And there's some tradition behind this. Uh, it was often held, uh, historically, that Matthew had written first. There's even some uh, some reference here and there to Matthew having written a gospel in Hebrew or Aramaic uh, that was probably more of a sayings gospel. This is probably not the gospel of Matthew that is in our Bibles, which is a full life of Christ with, you know, written in Greek and all that sort of thing. But it was commonly held historically that Matthew wrote first, and then Mark came after him, uh, summarizing the teachings of Peter, and then that Luke came after both Matthew and Mark. And Luke, of course, as we talked about on Sunday, references having used uh, different sources in the writing of his gospel. So he's very upfront about that. Now, that was the traditional view, and you'll find that in a lot of places, and that is a very good view. Uh, but the more modern view, what you'll find almost universally in a lot of modern scholarship is what we call Markan priority, that Mark wrote first. So it went Mark, and then Matthew, and then Luke. So Mark wrote, 
Matthew used Mark as a source and wrote his gospel and added in some other things. And then Luke used Matthew and Mark, as well as perhaps other sources, and then wrote his gospel. And so this is often held that Mark wrote first for the reason of brevity. You see that Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. It is the most brief. It moves the most briskly. And so there's a reasoning there that it makes sense that Mark wrote first and he wrote a shorter Gospel and then Matthew expanded on that in his own way and that Luke expanded on that in his own way. And that's how we got Matthew and Mark and Luke by having it in that order, Mark, Matthew, Luke. So you'll see those as the two... Those are the two main options. I've never heard anybody say that Luke wrote first. That would be really surprising if anybody said that, but I've never have heard that. But typically you'll see Matthew, Mark, Luke, or Mark, Matthew, Luke. And so the question came in, is there any significance to the order of authorship of the Gospels as it relates to their intrinsic reliability? And my thought on that is that no, I don't think there is a big significance to the order as it relates to their reliability. Whether Matthew wrote first or Mark wrote first, I think they're reliable either way. You'll find some people that get very suspicious uh, some in our conservative Christian circles will get very suspicious about those who say that Mark wrote first. But I don't think that we need to be suspicious about that. The reason people get suspicious, one, is because I think there's a bucking of tradition there. You say, if it's Matthew, Mark, Luke in our Bibles, then that should be good enough for us. But the order that's in our Bibles I don't think is terribly significant. But also what you'll find is that among liberal scholars, like liberal New Testament scholars. And what I mean by liberal is those who don't believe that the Word of God is inspired. They don't believe it's inerrant. They don't believe that it's a divine document in any way. They see it as just a human document. Among liberal scholars, the vast, vast, vast majority of them are going to hold that Mark wrote first and that Matthew built off Mark and that Luke built off Matthew. And then they'll also talk about how Matthew and Luke built off another document that we no longer have, and they call that Q, because there's things that are common to Matthew and Luke that are not found in Mark, and that's how they come up with Q, which is from a German word for source, but we don't need to get into Q uh, today either. So, but what I say, what I was saying is that uh, the more liberal-leaning scholars almost universally hold that Mark wrote first. However, that doesn't mean that because somebody holds that Mark wrote first, that that person is then a liberal scholar. It doesn't follow. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily work that way. You know, it's just like all squares are rectangles, but all rectangles are not squares. You know, pretty much all liberal New Testament scholars will hold that Mark wrote first. That doesn't mean that everyone who holds that Mark wrote first is a liberal scholar. There are reasons to to think that, and I don't think that it hurts the intrinsic reliability of the Gospels to recognize that to recognize that some of the Gospels use the other Gospels as sources in their work. Luke explicitly says that he used other sources, and there was nothing controversial or uh, unreliable about having done that. In fact, it brings out consistency between the sources. But now, to the question about me. 
And this question said, you said that the order of the, the synoptic gospels you believe is Matthew, Luke, and then Mark. And I would almost say that believe is a little bit too strong of a term for this. I, I lean in this way, in fact, you know, perhaps because I find it interesting. Now, I don't see the order of the synoptic gospels as being terribly important. So maybe that's why I just lean toward what I find to be interesting. And I heard this proposed some time back, and I found it to be fascinating. And it made the most sense to me as to why we would have Matthew, Mark, and Luke as three separate gospels. And the proposal was this. It was essentially that Matthew wrote first. And Matthew, as we you can tell this just reading Matthew, there's a heavy focus on fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. There seems to be a heavy emphasis on uh, teaching Jewish readers, like Jewish Christians or Jew, Jewish people that are interested in, uh, uh, in Christianity. And so Matthew, if Matthew writes first and he writes for Jewish audiences, and then you have, you know, Paul and others, including Luke, making their way around the world and reaching primarily Gentiles with the gospel. And maybe as they have opportunity to read or to share excerpts from Matthew, they're finding that Matthew doesn't land as well with their audience as they might have hoped because it's heavy Jewish emphasis. And so then Paul working with Luke, says we need to write another gospel, and that's where Luke comes from, Luke being one that really has an emphasis on the universal nature of Christ's redemption, not just Jewish people, but all people. And so that makes sense that Luke would have come about as a reaction to Matthew. If Matthew seems a little bit too Jewish, that it might have helped the Gentile world to have a more broad-ranging gospel, and that's where Luke would have come in. Now, You can imagine from reading the New Testament, there was often disagreements in the churches between Jews and Gentiles. And so having two different Gospels in Matthew and Luke could create divides between those in the churches. I am of Matthew's Gospel, or I am of Luke's Gospel, like one is better than the other, or one is more reliable than the the other, and that would not be what we would want to have happen, what Paul would have wanted to have happen, or what Matthew would have wanted to have happen. And so, at that point, who better to bridge the gap between Matthew and Luke and the divide that might have existed between adherence to those Gospels, who better to bridge that gap than Peter? So think about this. Then Peter comes in and says, look, I can tell you that Matthew and Luke both wrote reliable Gospels. And this is where the book of Mark comes in, because historically we understand that Mark wrote with Peter as his primary source. Mark traveled with Peter and listened to Peter's preaching and put the gospel together from that. But Mark reads almost like Peter coming through and picking out the parts of Matthew and Luke that he could personally attest to and then affirming those by saying, look, these speak similarly in this way, and Peter giving his stamp of approval to that. And this makes a lot of sense, too, to me, because Mark, although it is the briefest of the Gospels, often has details that the other Gospels don't have. And these would often be eyewitness details that someone like Peter could have provided. For example, like when Jesus walked on the water, Peter says he started to walk right past us. Nobody else includes that, that Jesus intended to pass them by. Or at the feeding of the 5,000, Mark notes that the grass was green, something that 
if someone had been there, they might have remembered. This is not a detail that gets included in Matthew and Luke. It doesn't make as much sense why the detail would have dropped out, but I can see why Peter might have wanted to add his own touches to it. You also see different Aramaic sayings, like when Jesus uh, heals the, the mute man. It's, you see the, the word ephatha, an Aramaic word, or when he raises the little girl, he says talitha kumi, these little uh, Aramaisms that come in that would have made sense from someone who had been there to hear Jesus speak those things in person. And so it just kind of makes sense to me as to why the three Gospels would exist. Matthew is a Jewish Gospel, Luke as a Gentile one, and then Mark recounting the testimony of Peter to go through and affirm all the things from those Gospels that he could personally affirm. It makes sense why there wouldn't be any uh, infancy narrative in Mark, because Peter wasn't there to see Jesus get born. He couldn't affirm those things, but the things that he could affirm, he did affirm in order to bring about unity in the church. And so when I heard that proposed, I said, that makes a lot of sense to me why there would be the three different Gospels. It makes a lot of sense why Mark uh, contains so many things that are common to Matthew and Luke, because Peter was trying to emphasize the commonalities there. But it also makes sense as to why those stories that are common to Matthew and Luke often have extra details in Mark. And that makes sense if Peter was adding his eyewitness testimony. So, I don't think it's a terribly important thing, the order of the Synoptic Gospels. And perhaps that's why I'm willing to be a little bit more loose on it. And so I heard that proposal of Matthew, Luke, Mark. I heard the reasoning behind it, and it really resonated with me. It made sense as to why there would be the three Gospels. It made sense as to how they would have come about and why they would have come about. And so I wouldn't say that I believe that that was the order of the Gospels, but I lean toward that. I like that as an explanation. And if somebody holds differently, which almost everybody holds differently than me on that, I don't mind at all. And I don't think if someone holds to Matthew, Mark, Luke as the order or to Mark, Matthew, Luke as the order, it necessarily says anything about their trust in the scriptures. You can believe uh, different things about the ways in which the Synoptic Gospels were constructed and still have a firm and strong trust in the scriptures. So uh, that's our first question for this week, and hopefully that helps to answer that one. Uh, but it's a good question, and I'm going to pause here for a moment, and I will come back and answer another question in just a bit. Okay, we're back. Uh, I just left to go pick up one of my kids from school, but through the magic of radio here, it is as if I never left. So let's get back to this. We had one other question come in, and this one pertains more directly to the text in which we were looking at in Luke 1. And it says this, the question says, do you think fr that the phrase from the beginning, which is in uh, Luke 1, 2, do you think that that phrase from the beginning also refers to the Old Testament passed down from Moses through all the prophets, including the prophecies of Jesus? Just wondering if it was comparing the Old Testament to the New Testament as far as from the beginning and now witnesses, especially in verse 4 when it talks about things you have been taught. wonder if that would also refer to prophecy coming true. So I think to explain this one, let me read again Luke 1 and verses 1 through 4. This is how Luke begins his gospel. He says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, 
just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And so the question here refers especially to that phrase in verse 2, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. And so as Luke is writing about Jesus, and I talked about this in my sermon on Sunday, that uh, we know that Luke was not likely an eyewitness He distinguishes himself from the eyewitnesses here and having received testimony from eyewitnesses, but he makes it clear that he spoke to eyewitnesses, that he talked to people who had seen Jesus, that he read reports that those who had seen Jesus and heard from him had written. And so Luke uh, is saying how he put his gospel together, that he looked at these reports. And so verse 2, just as those who from the beginning where eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. And so our question here asks if that phrase, from the beginning, might have an even broader uh, reference than those who were eyewitnesses of Jesus, and would the reference even be all the way back into the Old Testament and things written centuries prior uh, in the books of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, all these things that foretold the coming of Christ. And I would say with this one, I want to kind of speak to this on two different levels. On the one hand, I don't think that that is the likely intent there of what Luke said in verse 2. He talked about those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. If you want to break those two groups apart, Uh, into two different groups of people, one being eyewitnesses, one being ministers of the word, then it might make sense that he could be talking about the Old Testament witnesses, uh, the Old Testament prophets as ministers of the word, but they certainly were not eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ in his incarnate life on earth. But I'm more inclined to think that when he says eyewitnesses and ministers of the word in verse 2, that he's talking about uh, the same group of people, that it's two ways of describing, you know, yeah, two ways of describing the same type of people, eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. And so I think he's talking about those who who actually saw Jesus in the flesh, who heard him speak, uh, all of those sorts of things. So I think in verse 2, when it says from the beginning that he's, Lucas probably doesn't have in mind there the Old Testament and the prophets uh, in a specific sense. Uh, this question also referenced verse 4 about you know, that Luke was intended to bring certainty to a man named Theophilus so that he could have certainty concerning the things that he has been taught. Now, that part, I think, could very well and almost certainly does have reference to the Old Testament scriptures and how Jesus was, uh, you know, not just a person who showed up uh, randomly and out of the blue, but that he was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. I'm sure that was certainly part of what Theophilus had been taught, part of what Luke wanted him to grow in certainty in. And we see this because throughout Luke's gospel, although, as we said, Luke uh, seems to have a broader focus, not the more intensely Jewish focus of Matthew's gospel, 
but he does not shy away at all from referencing the Old Testament. I just pulled up one list that had Old Testament references and allusions in Luke and, and there are over 50 of them that are direct references or allusions to incidences in the Old Testament. And so, even though he doesn't make it quite as explicit as Matthew, Luke all throughout his gospel is wanting to see or wanting to show his readers that Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. And in some ways, he even has unique emphases. I think of Luke 4, when Jesus talked about how the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he has anointed him to proclaim good news, and really reference that idea of the year of Jubilee. This is something that is more unique to Luke. And so Luke certainly himself had read the Old Testament, Uh, And he incorporates that into his gospel, and it is one of the things that he wants his readers to grow in certainty in. So, uh, on the one hand, when he says from the beginning in verse 2, is he talking about the Old Testament? I would say probably not. But when he talks in verse 4 about having certainty about the things that you have been taught, I would say that he probably does have that in mind there. And we will see throughout his gospel uh, that if we pay close attention to it, we'll grow not only in our knowledge of Jesus's life and what he said and did, but in our knowledge of the Old Testament and how Jesus uh, fulfilled that in his teachings, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And so, again, two good questions today. We have uh, a couple more of them that I will try to come back to at another point this week uh, in our Uh, Sermon Talkback podcast here. So again, thank you for submitting these questions, and we'll, we'll be back in a little bit later this week. All right.